Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I am so excited to be here with you today. My name is Shelby Rose, and I am an energetic and business guide helping you align, activate, and expand your energy to create the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. I believe that every single one of us has a path that lights us up, makes us excited to get up every single day, and brings massive service and impact to the world. In this podcast, we'll tune into our soul's true desires, take ownership for every single thing in our lives, and shift our vibration to embody the queen we came here to be. You deserve this. You get to have it. Let's go create it. This week on the Raise Your Vibration podcast, we have Karina Sawada, a dating and transformation coach who happens to be one of my closest friends. Karina and I connected a few years ago back on social media when we were both kind of going through our health and fitness journey at the same time, both looking for more in our lives. And we actually knew each other from high school. And when we reconnected, I had no idea what an incredible woman Karina is and what she's all been through. So this episode shares not only Karina's incredible dating transformation story, the story of her toxic relationship, but it also shares pieces and wisdom on how to recognize you're in a toxic relationship, how to get out of that, how to heal after something like that. And move forward in your life, calling in a conscious relationship. Now, if you haven't been in a conscious relationship, I still think there's a bunch of nuggets you can take out of this, especially if if you're in the dating game, because we also share how to call in a conscious relationship, how to cultivate a conscious relationship, and how to call in the right type of people into your life. Now, you may be in a committed relationship, but I think you can also apply these nuggets to calling in conscious friendships, calling in conscious relationships that are more meaningful like Karina and I did with one another. So that being said, I do have one little announcement. I'm not going to share all the details, but I wanted to let you guys know to keep your eyes peeled. I am launching something big in the next few weeks. I may be dropping a few hints this weekend when I'm in San Diego with my business coach. And I'm, I'm so excited. I was so nervous to step into this place, but I've had so many people reach out asking for me to serve in this, this way. And so I'm ready to step into it. I'm so excited and I can't wait to share it with you guys. So keep your ears peeled on that. But without further ado, let's dive into this episode with Karina. Karina, thank you so much for being here and being a part of the Raise Your Vibration podcast. I'm so excited to have you here. You're one of my closest friends and have been on this whole journey with me. So excited to have you and share you with all my listeners. Tell everyone a little bit about your story, um, what you're doing right now and, and what got you to that place. Yeah, I just want to say thank you. I feel so honored to be here and in this space and our journey together has been so fantastic. Like seeing you grow, watching me grow, it's just been, it's been an amazing ride. So I'm feeling extremely blessed. Um, But a little bit about my story. I, so I am a single mom. I have a four and a half year old son, which is absolutely crazy to think that he's going to be five in September. But um, my relationship with his dad was extremely toxic. It was a three year and a half year long relationship, a lot of cheating, a lot of lying, a lot of me turning into somebody that I wasn't to fit the mold that he wanted. It was losing my family and friends because I saw something in him that nobody else saw. <clears throat> it was a lot of you know, he, I would catch him cheating and I would call him out on it. And I would be the one to end up apologizing for his behavior. And my mom remembers this vividly, like me coming home, just crying and sobbing about something I had found out. But by the time I got back home, I was apologizing for it. Like I apologized Mm -hmm. to him for him cheating on me because everything was my fault. And 
we had our extreme highs and we had our extreme lows. Like there were times where I felt like our love was invincible. Nothing could stop us. We were so in love, so passionate. Mm. And there was nothing that was going to get in the way, which is why I was fine with losing my friends. I was fine with losing my family because I loved him. Mm. Right. And after a few years of this, I ended up, I got pregnant at 21. Um, and 14 weeks along ended up single. It was, we had an amazing night. It was, we, you know, we went to dinner and we never really went on dates and it was such a good time, good conversation, laughed. And I don't know that I've ever shared this, but, um, I had gotten a text from an ex that I literally hadn't talked to in years. And it was just like, what's up? And I was like, hmm, that's weird. Deleted it. Not even going to worry about that. And then the next morning I wake up to his dad being like, Oh, have you talked to this guy lately? Like, have you talked to him? And I'm like, no, like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, he texted you. And I was like, what? Yep. He texted you a question mark. And like, it got into this whole thing and he ended up being like, I'm done. And so for the next year, pregnant with his son, living with him, begging him to take me back that this was not this, I did not do this. Like I, I had nothing to do with it. Like, please just love me. I don't want to be a single mom. I can't do this. All I want is you. I promise I'll do anything to prove to you that I am trustworthy, that you can trust me. And him being in a relationship with another woman while I'm pregnant with his child living with him and him going away for the weekend, being with her and then coming and me begging him not to leave. Don't leave me. Do not go and be with her to come back and have him love me. Like it wasn't the same with her, Karina. Like, I love you. I want to be with you to then the next day, him crawling into bed and not paying attention to me. This was my entire pregnancy. And it was a, it was miserable. It was a miserable wreck. I <clears throat> was so low. I was in counseling therapy, so depressed, everyone around me. It was it was the worst time in my life and pregnancy is supposed to be this beautiful, amazing thing and this amazing connection. And it wasn't for me. And I remember I had my son and, um, <laughs> we were in the room and he was on the other end of the room and my sister was the one by my bed. And the first thing I said to him after our son was born is please just don't send a picture of our son to your girlfriend. That was my experience. And mm. so I lived with him for three years after our son was born, or three months after our son was born, excuse me. And then I just said, you know what, enough's enough. And I moved out January 1st, 2015 into my own little apartment. Had no idea how I was going to do it. Rent was triple what I had been paying. I was a single mom making $11 an hour with all these bills. Like, how am I going to do this? But I did it. I did it. I showed up every single day. I worked through that. And I came from this place of being so devalued to being to blame for everything and changed into this woman who is so confident and knows her worth and trusts herself and her intuition and you know is proven to herself that she can do incredible hard things and come onto the other side of this and so now I've stepped into the space of being a dating and transformation coach to help women go through what the, what I went through in this toxic environment into this lack of self-worth and bring them into this beautiful space of owning your truth, owning your confidence, owning your self-worth and being okay with that and uncovering your truth. Like who are you as a person and owning that and being totally okay with that. And it has literally been so incredible to be in this space and empower these women and give them a space channel for them to, you know, be in and feel safe and heard and connected to people when they eat all you is feeling so alone in that mm -hmm. space. Um, so that's a little bit of my story and kind of how I got to be where I am long winded, but there it is. <laughs> oh my God. I just like, like so much emotion through my entire body that whole time. And just, I know we've talked about your story in the past, but to hear you say it and, and hear that whole journey is something else and to have you watch shoes so for those of you who don't know Karina and I connected after you had experienced all this and so I even though we had like kind of talked about bits and pieces of your story I guess I didn't know the depth of what you had really experienced it. and to hear you 
really explain it that way and then see your transformation since because the Karina I know is so confident and so in who she is as a person and knows herself for it. So it's really incredible to see that transformation. And I think a lot of people probably watch your story and look at you and think mm-hmm. like, wow, she is so confident. She has all this self-worth. <laughs> like, And Sage is joining us with some background noise, guys. But, um, and she has all this self-worth. Like, How do you get from the place of being at that low of a low to <laughs> Sage agrees. She just lost your transformation. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sage. <laughs> yeah. But how do you how do you get from like that place to where you are today? Like what what do you feel like put you on this path of finding the person you are today? Yeah, it's been a journey. It continues to be a journey. I think one thing to point out is I had kind of different phases throughout this journey, right? I was in this depressed to blame phase. And then I stepped into this independent, controlling, pissed off person. And I now had all the say. I was in control. And I was now controlling things that he used to control me. Like, he can't control me anymore. Now I can control him. I have the say. Mm. Granted, I never kept his son from him ever, ever, ever. But I controlled when he saw him. I controlled on what terms. And it was like this, like, you don't get to mess with me. And it took a lot to get out of that space. And I was in that space for a really, really long time. And I was still the victim in that space. I didn't take responsibility for my actions in this relationship or for the role I played. And really kind of what got me through all of this is when I really started taking care of myself and I started on my fitness journey was really where it started for me is, you know, fitness was a way of one, like taking care of myself, getting all those feel good energy and vibes back. And, you know, then along with that came the eating well. And I know you talk about this on your podcast all of the time, but it just, it helped shift my mindset. Like I literally remember a fight I had with one of my best friends who looked me straight in the eye and said, you are the most negative person I have ever met in my entire life. I don't even want to be around you anymore. And it doesn't even seem like you want to be a mom. And that hit me so hard. And I was like, what do I need to do to change? And so I did, I started taking care of myself. I started plugging into personal development. I started just listening to podcasts. And the first podcast I ever listened to was Limitless with Alex Tyson. He talked about just some mindset shifts and I literally would start catching myself in this negative thought in these negative thoughts and I would reframe them in my brain. And it constantly, constantly, it was a conscious effort. It wasn't something that came naturally. It was so conscious that I literally had to work and practice at it every single day. Right. And then I started reading personal development books. I was exercising. I was eating right. It was reconnecting with you and getting in the space of these women who don't judge me, who love me, who support me, who are on the same journey as me. And it went from being so lonely and not feeling like I had anybody in my space to, I might not see these women every day, but I see them virtually every day and we connect every day. And that was so powerful for me. So I think a huge part of that is are you taking care of yourself? Are you allowing space to take care of you? Because you're your most important relationship. Like if you're not going to take care of you, who else is going to take care of you? Uh, When I started taking care of myself, I showed up in my relationships as a better person. I showed up as a mom, as a better person, all just through health and fitness. And that was huge. And, you know, then consciously making those mindset shifts and doing the personal development and reading the books and, things just kind of slowly over time started to change me and to become this woman I am today. Oh, preach. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) literally, I always say like, are like how many people I've seen that nutrition and fitness has laid the ground for a spiritual breakthrough. Right. And so like, it's that vibration we're putting into our body that, that, feel good food, that feel good movement that really lays the foundation for changing our mind and changing that subconscious and helping us start to tap into those subconscious things that are really holding us back from the next level of our fitness, of our life, of our relationships, whatever it may be. So 
oh, mm-hmm. I love all of that. Yeah. And it became oh. a way to like, how can I, in my fitness journey, push myself? If I can push myself in a workout, I can push myself in life. Like I hated cardio. Now I'm like, give me all the cardio because I know it's a challenge. Like, and if I can crush a limiting belief in fitness, you sure as hell, I bet I can crush a limiting belief in life. It mm. all correlates. It all mm. correlates. I love that. So good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when you're in that, like, so for you, like health and fitness was a big part of your transformation and having the right people surrounding you, which I think for anyone to, to shift out of their space, like they have to change their surroundings, right? Like you are what you're consuming. And so if you're consuming other people who are complaining about their lives and other people who are toxic and negative, like that's what you're going to get or the news or tabloids or whatever it may be. And you, you know, Mm -hmm. that was huge, but let's rewind to that space when you were still in the relationship. How did you actually recognize that this is unhealthy and this is toxic? Like, because I think sometimes we get so sucked into the love and the passion and and whatever it is that's keeping us there, right? Or the fear of moving on to something because we're afraid of losing what we have or we're afraid to be alone or whatever it may be. Like when was the aha moment for you? This is tough because I was so blind to it for so long. Like I did not believe it was toxic. I had friends and family telling me that it wasn't healthy, that I deserved better, but I did not listen to a single thing they said. And I think part of that, like, and so I didn't have that support. Um, and I lost a lot of people in the journey and I had to, but I had to allow myself to go through that. If I wouldn't have allowed myself to go through that, I wouldn't have learned the lessons that I needed to learn. Um, but a big piece of this, I think what really got me was I, I started to know it was toxic when the cheating was happening, when he could cheat on me. But if I did something that hurt him, I would be like excessively apologizing. I had to go above and beyond to make it right when he didn't have to do anything. Like my pain that I inflicted on him was 20 times worse than the pain he inflicted on me. And so then I kind of started to be like, well, wait, what? And then if I would, you know, we would get in these conversations and everything that I did was just God awful, right? It was just terrible. And I think that's when I kind of started to pick up on like, wait, this dynamic here isn't really right. Something's going on. And so then I would, you know, I'd ended it multiple times. Um, One time I kind of ghosted him for a full month um, because I knew like, no, I don't, I just caught you cheating, literally a girl that I was in class with was like, Oh, you're dating Marcus. Um, you know that he's like X, Y, Z. Right. And I'm like, no, (laughs) on campus. And so I think that was kind of really that trigger for me. Like this, this isn't healthy. Like this is not healthy at all, at all, at all. And, but I kind of just, I went back because I was still in this self-worth that I, I didn't know that I deserved anything better. And it was really when I had Caden that I was like, you know what? Caden deserves so much better than this. If it's not me who deserves better than this, it's our son that deserves better than this. And he doesn't deserve to be and see a relationship like this. Like, I honestly don't know. I, I, I don't know what would have happened if I went to had Caden. I have no idea. So it, it's kind of hard for me to speak on that. Um, but I think trusting your intuition is huge. Yeah, I think like deep down though, we always have that little like knowing, right? And I don't know, like for everything in life, right? Not just relationships, but like what we're supposed to be doing, what we're like actually meant to be doing. But we we shove down that like that intuition. We ignore it. We pretend it's not real because we're afraid of that unknown or that what's next. Mm-hmm. So when you're in this toxic place, like how can because not everyone has been in a toxic relationship, right? Like how can people in your, their life or someone who sees a toxic relationship from the outside, like what do you feel like they could have done to be supportive to you and help you see the light or just help you in this space and support you? Or do you feel like this was just something you had to experience to kind of fulfill your purpose? Like what is your thoughts around that? 
I think it's kind of a combination of both. Like I absolutely needed to go through this in order to step into my purpose because your pain is your purpose, right? So I truly believe that what you go through in life opens you up. You know, life doesn't happen to you. It happens for you. And this happened for me. But I also do wish that I had that support that I wouldn't have been shut out and I wouldn't have been, you know, knocked down. And even to, even to set boundaries and say, you know what? When we're together, I, I don't want to talk about your relationship, but you as a person, I'm still here for you. Like even setting those boundaries of what you are willing to tolerate. She already knows that you don't like her boyfriend or her fiance or her husband mm-hmm. or whoever that is. She knows that. So it's okay to set those healthy boundaries with her, but she still needs a friend because deep down, she's still your friend. She's still that person and she needs you to remind her who she is and allow her to be herself Mm. and just creating that space of friendship, that space of support and love with healthy boundaries. Because I know how hard it is now being on the outside of it to constantly have somebody coming at you with a relationship and hearing the same thing over and over again. It's exhausting. It's tiring. You can only handle so much. Like I get now why my friends were like, I can't. And why my family was like, I can't because it's, it's so much to handle. So that's why those healthy boundaries are so acceptable. And I beg you to set those boundaries and to not just remove them as a friend or a loved one or a family member. Um, I love that. Cause I think too, is like from someone who's watched friends go through really shitty relationships and just wanted to like shake them and be like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. Like, it's a part of their journey, right? Like that they're experiencing it, that they are calling it in they, what, for whatever reason that they need. And you do like, you can say what you want to say and say what you need to say, but know that what, at the end of the day, what decision they make is their decision. But that is so hard to watch. Like, and I think that's why that, so that relationship can get damaged. Cause it's so hard to watch someone do something that's harmful to themselves. Mm-hmm. that you like love that you care about and you watch them in this loop and that's anything in life right like oh my god how many of my friends I'm like you're literally manifesting all the negative shit because you're talking about all the stuff you don't want to call in and I can tell them once or twice but if they continue that pattern like how many times do I re-tell them or just let them learn their lesson the hard way like what mm-hmm. what, what boundaries are there right like that's it's it's all gray it's all blurry you- and you have to, and no matter what you say, they have to come to that realization on their own. They're going to come to this woke moment on their own. And it's just going to be like a light bulb switched just out of nowhere. They're going to hit their breaking point. They're going to hit the like, what the heck? And something <laughs> is just going to snap. Right. Yes. And then you're going to be like, yes, I've been telling you this for two years. Like, why have you not listened to me? And it's, mm-hmm. but you're in it, you're blind. They're going to come to the decision by themselves you don't know and you never know what it is that's going to get them to their breaking point, but mm-hmm. something is going to get them there, but you need to be there to support them when they come out of it. Hmm. I love that. Okay. So, you know, I believe that we call in basically everything in our lives and I think you believe basically yes. the same thing. Um, yes. So it, like looking back, cause I think a lot of times we learn through other people's stories, right? Like we, we hear people's stories and we're like, oh, maybe that's why I called in that relationship, right? So you probably mm-hmm. know I'm going with this question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why do you called in that relationship? I needed to fix and save everybody. Like growing up, my parents did foster care for 13 years. And so we were constantly rescuing. We were constantly saving. I was the parent to so many kids being the oldest of seven now, like I fit that mother role and I still play it in some aspects with my youngest sibling being years older than my son. Right. So it's like this interesting dynamic. So when I him, like he was fixable, like I could be the one to show him love. Like with all of these kids, we were the ones to show them love. And so for him, it was like this project, like I needed to show somebody that they could be loved, that they could be saved, that they could be healed. They could be this person. Like I showed up for that because I needed to save everybody Mm. and I wanted to save him, but I couldn't save him. 
So the lesson was yeah, to set some so. boundaries around like what the lesson was to set some boundaries. <laughs> and I think like, yep. I love that because you're a two on the Enneagram, right? Not to get too much into the Enneagram, but you're a two. I don't know. You're a three. You weren't sure. I did it, but I don't remember. You were a two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. I, I was a two. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you were <laughs> Okay, but there's, okay, so if you're not familiar with the Enneagram, <laughs> go take it. It's super fascinating. But the twos are like typically the helper and the savers. And now that we like giggled and laughed about this, I can't remember where I was going with it. I think though, oh, that's, I think that's a, that's part of their lesson in life, right? Is that like, not everyone you can save. And I see a lot of twos like repeat this pattern in their life where they're like, I'm going to save you and you need saving and you need saving and you need help when it's like, one, not everyone wants your help, right? Like not everyone is ready. Like people need to come to that place on their own. And I, I think you probably like understand this lesson now that you've experienced it too but like in the coaching space is you go chase people to help them no like they need to come to you because they want to be saved they want to be changed they want that transformation until they're to that point they're never really going to be fully invested in your coaching and I've seen this in clients that I've like I know I can help you. I know I can help you. I know I can help you very on in my coaching journey when I was doing more of the health and fitness coaching. That was like, I can help you. I can help you. I can help you. But like those people weren't super invested because were they really ready? Like they would have came to me when they were like, hell yes, I'm a hundred percent. in." And those were always the clients that did the most. And so it's like sometimes mm-hmm. in that savior role, we have to just like wait for the people to want the help. And that's super hard to do when you see like, you, I yeah. Help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They definitely have to come to you. I've learned that. Like you can't just insert yourself. Like you've got to step back and let them come to you. Yes. Okay. I'm super curious. So like, let's say there's people listening who are maybe in a toxic relationship that they don't think they're in a toxic, like they're in this place that you were in. Like what are some subtle red flags? Like the obvious ones are cheating and, 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 lying and manipulating, but like, how can you start to pick up on some little red flags, things that maybe you would see in the beginning of a relationship or just starting things out where you're like, oh, this person might be a little bit narcissistic or this person might be a little bit controlling. Like what are some signs that we can look for when we're dating and in this dating space or in a relationship that we're like, yeah, this could be going the wrong direction. Yeah. Ooh, this is good. Um, So one thing to really keep in mind is in the initial stages of dating, love bombing. And by that, I mean like them just coming full force, text, calls, wanting to spend every waking minute with you, making you feel like the most amazing person in the world and just constantly being there. Like there's no time apart. They just want to be in your life 24-7. And if that's the case, make sure you're picking up on, okay, do they all of a sudden drop this? Are they maybe starting to like distance, like piece by piece, like this love bombing is a way to hook you. Like you're getting hooked because this is like, Ooh, this feels so good. They're my soulmate. But then they kind of stop and they'll start like discarding you a little bit. And you need to like pick up on like, wait, this is not normal behavior. This is not what he's been doing. And you start picking up on those things and then start picking up on maybe he's like, maybe he's putting you down, but in a joking manner, like maybe he's commenting on your outfit in a way that is actually really mean, but he's saying it in a joking way or making you feel like your accomplishments aren't good enough. Or if he's constantly wanting to talk about himself and you can't you know, be proud of yourself. And he's just constantly putting you down. That's a big thing. Um, Another thing is if he is doing something that's hurting you, is he somehow putting it back on you? Is he making you take the blame for it? Is he making it seem like, well, because you did X and I did Y. So it's your fault that you did that. I did this because you led me to this because of your behavior. Oh. And have you apologizing by the end of it. That is the, they will project their own wrongdoing onto you. Um, and a lot of this too is 
can I say shitty? <laughs> shitty as it you is. Can say fuck if you want. To. I, <laughs> I swear. <laughs> we get real like, uh, with those low vibration words, but like, <laughs> just happen. You just seem to release that energy. <laughs> There's need to. <laughs> oh, but the shitty thing is, is like they prey on people who are empathetic like that because we like can see this piece of them that they're so capable of this love. They're so capable of being this amazing person, but they really don't have the capability to, they have no sense of empathy whatsoever. They're not capable of it, but they're really good at faking it. But so if you start to see like these, yeah, if you start to see maybe their patterns and, and it's even like, you'll start to see things and they'll show their real side to you, but maybe they aren't showing it to the rest of the world, which also is like, maybe I'm crazy. Like Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe this isn't like, he's such a good guy. Everyone loves him, but you see the side of him. That's not at all what you thought it was. It wasn't what it was in the beginning. Those are all red flags. Mm-hmm. I'm literally listening to you talk about this and I like two of my really good friends relationships are like popping into my head where like I haven't really spent a lot of time with the guys but just the things that they're saying yeah he's super sweet like he you know, all of his friends care about him so much and he's the only thing he like he jokes around and like puts me down all the time and I talk tell him it makes me feel really shitty but he continues to do it and I'm like oh that sounds mm-hmm. like a red flag but like straight up red flag and yep. I had a friend whose her partner was had cheated on her multiple times, and all she felt was guilt about it. And I was like, at the end of the day, like he's the one doing this. How do you feel guilty? And she, you know, would come back to me not putting enough effort into the relationship, whatever it is. And it was just that he had made her feel that way and had had projected his shit on her. And and granted, like we have to like, again, going back, I love that you mentioned the victim mentality earlier. It's like, we have to take responsibility that we allowed Mm -hmm. that behavior and that we went along with it and that we didn't set up those boundaries and that we ignored the red flag, you know, whatever it may be that we did and not like fall into this victim of like, they did this to me and like, they were so terrible. Right. Because like at the end of the day, like we decide that we're in that relationship or not. Yep. Um, Yep. And I think one thing is there's this constant cycle of love bombing and devaluing. So it's like these love bombings are Mm. these highs, right? And then the devaluing is these lows. So if you start to pick up on these things, what super powerful thing to do is start keeping a journal of all the terrible things that are happening. So then when you are in this love bombing phase, you can look back and you can be like, wait, like this happened and this happened. So Mm. it's not all sunshine and rainbows all the time. It's actually all this other nastiness to go along with it. Mm -hmm. And not that you need to go and beat yourself up, but it's a reminder to say like, we have a tendency to forget all of the bad things that are happening during these good moments, Mm -hmm. right? Because the highs are so good. They're so good. Mm -hmm. And it's addicting because your brain and these way chemicals in your brain and all of this stuff are just going crazy. So keeping a list can really help to be like, to just set in reality a little bit. Like what is the true reality of this situation? Okay. Also for someone who has been, this is like such a personal question, but I'm going to throw it out there. So if someone who has been in this, like a relationship where I did that, right? Like love bumming at first, like super attached, want to spend all their time with you. And then like ghosting you for periods of time and then coming back. And that's addicting. Like I have been in that place. So addicting. And that is like, I have never felt like I have been obsessed with someone until I experienced that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know if you have any insight on this, but like, how do we move past wanting that, that amount of like passion and that amount of fire and real recognize like that that's not real. Right. That that's just this like emotional roller coaster on how do we start to like call in a little bit more stability and when we find that stability in a partner not be like this isn't the real deal because it's not giving this like crazy endorphin rushes all the time like how do we shift from this place of crazy passion to stable actual love right yeah yeah that's a really good question that's so hard to find yourself in these like self-sabotaging 
behaviors. Like, oh my gosh, I have this really nice man and he's awesome and he's crazy, but he just doesn't give me that passion that I had when I was with my ex. And it needs to be like this light on fire thing, right? Mm -hmm. So I think one thing that's really helped for me is get clear on who it is you actually want to attract. Like, what is it that you really want to attract? I know for me, like, I want somebody who's going to constantly just make me feel like the most beautiful girl in the world, not somebody who's going to devalue me, but somebody who's going to treat me like a goddess, give me compliments, love me, love Caden, who's on the same spiritual journey and growth as me. And that might all seem very safe and boring, but if you think about it, like, when you vision what it's like to be in this relationship, is it actually boring or is it fun and spontaneous and you get each other and you, you know, you crave that love because it's there constantly and you feel so damn good. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you start to get into what do you actually want, what are you actually craving in a soulmate? So you can just get clear on that and what you actually feel like in that relationship but then if you do start to self-sabotage, like who's to say you can't find that excitement and that wild adventure within yourself? Like, can you have these spontaneous moments where you go and you go on a weekend vacation on the spur of the moment, or you go and you pack up and you, you know, go to the spa because you feel like it, or you get these adventures or you're looking online every day to see what events are in my area and just going and doing it or taking yourself on dates. Like I went to the movies by myself and I was terrified because I was always that girl that, nope, I'm not going to do anything by myself. I'm not going to be that weirdo sitting in the movie theater by herself. <laughs> but it was so fun to grab my glass of wine and sit in the theater or, you know, go and do these things by myself. And it's like liberating. Like I don't need to wait to live my life to experience all the things like make that wild adventure within yourself or make your bucket list and actually do your bucket list. Like if you want to go skydiving, go skydiving. That's adventurous. That's a, that's a high in and of itself. Right. Yeah. So who's to say that we can't create that adventure. So then when you do find something quote unquote safe and real, you don't self-sabotage it and you know what you're looking for. You know how you want to feel in that relationship. But if you start to crave that like adrenaline and that endorphin rush, do something outside of your relationship so you don't self-sabotage. Do something within yourself to bring that fire and that passion. I love that. I love that. I love that so much. And I think like up until that relationship that had created the crazy, I was totally waiting for the right moment, right? To go and live in a van to go skydiving to move to Colorado I was like waiting for my life partner to do all the things and it's like at some point you just have to do the things and they will show up or yeah when you're about to self-sabotage do something crazy do something crazy and recognize those beliefs because again like and are you noticing any patterns in your relationships like are you still carrying over beliefs from that old relationship that were instilled into you that you are then self-sabotaging, like, let's work through them. Let's uncover them. Let's get to the root of them. So you don't self-sabotage. So you change those beliefs and you don't have them anymore. Love it. I love it. Got to bring the subconscious to the conscious. Yes. So speaking of conscious, what, how do we cultivate like more of a conscious relationship? Right. Because I think this is something that we are both working to cultivate in our lives right now is more Mm -hmm. conscious relationships where our partners are on the same spiritual path or are doing the work or at least are open to talking about wounds and triggers and and all the things so maybe how do you call that in and then what does that look like what does a conscious relationship really mean yeah that's a good one. And there's, there's something that you and I are constantly working towards. Like we're constantly, and it's so cool. Cause like even just us being on our journey, every guy that we've called in has gotten closer and closer and closer, which is so incredible. Legit. Legit. Right. Yes. I, so I get so giddy. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, they all do personal development. They're all into health and fitness. Like they're all on this journey, but like maybe not quite the right person. So yeah. Oh, yeah. It's exciting. Uh-huh. So those it of you is. out there who are in the beginning stages who are like, I'm, a, I, I'm doing this work, <laughs> it's possible to call in the right people. You got to put out yes. the right shit though. And we'll talk you about do. that because I think we should talk about how we started to call in the right people as well. But let's, let's, let's stay focused on the conscious work. Okay. So. <laughs> 
obviously that one will be a fun one. Yes. Oh my God. I love that. (laughs) So how do we call in a conscious relationship or how do we like cultivate consciousness while we're dating or in the relationships we're in right now? Yeah. So that's really good. I think like one thing is don't be scared. Don't run from it. Right. Like if you know what you want, if you know that you want somebody who's spiritual and on the same growth path, like you need to just get spiritually naked and be open about it. Mm. And if that person isn't spiritual, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? Girlfriend, the universe, eh, crystals, what? Like, no, mm-hmm. then they're not your person. And you're going to know right away. One thing I actually just did in a conversation is like, I have on this kick where I've been laughing until I like, until I cry every day for like four months. And it all happened when I took this big, massive leap. (laughs) And so like, for me, this is meaning that like the universe is shifting things. Right. And so I had had just this day where I laughed until I cried like seven times. It was magical. And he'd ask me like, how's your day? And I'm like, Oh my God, it was amazing. I'm like, I don't know if you're spiritual at all, but I've laughed until I've cried like seven times. And that like, is so big for me. And then he asked questions. Like I just left it at that. Like Mm -hmm. he had no idea why I would put two and two together. And he was just like, yeah, I am spiritual, but I'm like not getting the connection. So then I told him where this is all coming from. And he was like, Oh my God, that's amazing. Like totally makes sense. Like I just kind of open ended. He admitted, yes, I'm spiritual. But then he had to invest back in like, why, why are you making this connection? And it kind of opened up like, okay, he is on this growth journey. He does do personal development. I, you know, I'm open when I say that I read personal development books and I'm big into spiritual growth. And like, I'm very open about that. When people ask me, what are your interests? I'm very open about health and fitness and I'm open about my business. I'm open about being on a spiritual journey and growth. Like, you can't run away from it. Own it, girl. Like own it, mm-hmm. own your truth. Cause that's how you're going to call in those people. Once you start cultivating who you are and really owning who you are, that's when you're going to attract the people you really want to attract into your life, whether that's a friendship or a dating partner, that is truly when you start embodying yourself is when these amazing people are going to come into your life. I love that. And, and I've noticed this too, this trend of like, when I just put all my shit out there, like I can see people's energy and how they feel when I talk about Reiki and energy healing and that I'm doing these trainings or when I talk about that, I, you know, do meditation every morning or that I believe that I can create any life based on my thought, you know, like when I start to talk about those things, seeing how they respond and Mm -hmm. seeing are they open and, 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 just seeing where it goes and, and maybe talking like my big thing about conscious relationships is that I can have conversations with my partner about having wounds and having things that are going to be triggering for me so that we can work on those things together. Right. Because if you don't know each other's triggers and wounds, like you can be triggering each other back and forth and Mm -hmm. stepping on those wounds, you know, maybe, and just being open and having those conversations. Right. And it takes that like getting past the fear because it's yep. so scary for us to be vulnerable. It's so scary for us to share those things. And you just have to take that step, right? Like that first initial step, that opening up a little bit, just setting things out there a little bit. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes now. I'm like, that's like whatever. Yeah. I'm like talking about Reiki and I'm talking about whatever. And I'm just like, okay, this is who I am. Mm-hmm. Not into Love it. it or leave it. Like if yeah. you're not into it, like that's fine. You do you, but I'm going to continue to do me and I'm going to enjoy it. And I think the other piece of that too is like, they don't have to love what you're interested in, but they can, they can also be open to it. Right. Like they they have to be open to it. They don't have to like be obsessed with Reiki, but if they're going to say something, I keep bringing Reiki up as it's like the example I'm stuck on. You're going through it right now. (laughs) It's literally what I'm doing, but I'm like, if they're not, if they're like, Oh, you're, you're quack for like doing that. And then I'm going to be like, well, piece but if they're like oh that's interesting I don't know anything about it like tell me about it and they don't get weird about it and they they're energetically open then I'm like okay we can we can continue this conversation so mm-hmm. I like that yeah okay Let's that. Talk about calling them in and what we've done in our own dating lives to start to call in higher her quality humans yeah <laughs> any human is low quality <gasps> 
just higher quality to what we're specifically calling in. Yeah, our soulmates. Our Our soulmates. Yeah, Yeah. our our needs. So so what have we been doing? You can start and then I'll share my my tips and advice as well. Oh, yes. So this started for me when I read um, Open Wide by Melissa Ambrosini. If you have not yet. (laughs) (laughs) My friend is reading that, right? I gave it to her for her birthday and she's like, this is so good. Yeah. Like if you're single, actually, if you're dating as well, or if you're kind of in a relationship that you're uncertain about, first of all, if you're uncertain, yeah, just read the book. Just read the book. Yeah, just like read. in any stage of life, you <laughs> yes. could be like married to you could have your soulmate in your life right now. Just read. The That's book. true. It just co- cultivates more depth and better. Sex, yeah, pretty sure. So yeah, there's a whole sex. section about sex in there was, and crystal clear communication. Yes. It's fantastic. Really fantastic. Literally fantastic. We'll link that. That's where it started for me. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Melissa. You're welcome, Melissa. <laughs> oh she she's great okay (laughs) she's amazing anyways follow her on instagram she's cool um yeah so it really started with me reading that book and in there she does this whole section about like what are you and i'm actually working on a free guide to manifesting your soulmate that kind of plays off of this book as well just kind of like in my own zone um but it talks about okay like getting clear on what are your interests what are you interested in? What are your values? Like there's all these controversial topics out there. So what are your values and what qualities do you want to possess in who you are and getting really clear on who you are and what you believe in and then correlating that like, okay, with your values, what are the values that you need him to be in alignment on and what Mm -hmm. values are you open to fluidity on? Mm -hmm. But you better make sure that these values that you need him to be in alignment on, he's in alignment on. And these qualities, like what qualities do you want him to have? What top five qualities do you need him to possess? Mm -hmm. And then are there some interests that you're interested in? Now, interests are probably going to be the most fluid, right? But maybe you're super duper passionate about music and music is your entire life. Well, then you probably want him to be just as passionate about music as you are. Um, And so kind of that's where I started and just doing a lot of visualization around what does our relationship look like? How do I feel in this relationship? How does he make me feel? How am I showing up for him and how am I serving him? And what are the dynamics of that? And visualizing our life, like I envision myself in my big house with my white kitchen and our, you know, kids and Caden, like I envision him and his love for Caden and how we both feel and how we just make this family unit. And that has been so powerful for me and calling in these people um, and these men who are fitting my values and fitting my qualities. And I just haven't found the perfect package yet. And that's okay because it's all a journey. It's learning. I learn every single time I'm in any sort of relationship. Yes. Every single person is our soulmate on some level because they teach us a lesson and they're Mm -hmm. meant to be a part of this journey in whatever way, even when we don't understand it in that moment of why they're there, why they came in, why they came out, why they left, it was there for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite tips, at least the thing that I had the biggest shift on. So I do dating apps um, and the swipe left, swipe right bullshit doesn't really do a lot for you, right? Like it's, you can see people's profile pictures, but you don't know what they're interested in. And you, most people, most guys don't put their whole interest and life story in like this little paragraph bio. And so what I did was I called out in my paragraph what you needed to be. So I was, you need to be mm-hmm. into health and wellness on some, some level, taking care of yourself. Maybe not in the same capacity I am, but I want you to actually care about your health because I want someone who's going to be healthy for like the rest of their lives. And I put in that they have to be open to spirituality or like spiritual on some level. I can't, I, I can't see myself being with someone who isn't spiritual on some level, right? Like not open to that there's something bigger out there than us. I just, I don't know how you go through life not believing in something, some type of something. something. And I put in that you have to be into personal growth and just like the things that were really, really important to me. And I put a few of the things that I'm really interested in, like traveling and adventure and freedom and starting a business. I I talked about those things in brief, but more so calling out what I wanted out of them because it also shared a little bit about me. So 
I think a lot of times we just kind of leave it up to the universe and be like, well, maybe this person's cute. If we swipe, we might have this connection. Well, are you really calling out the qualities you want in that person and really putting it out there straightforward? Or are you wasting your time on a bunch of connections that maybe aren't the right types of connection? Mm. Yes. Love that. I also started doing that too. And it, yeah, I love that. It's great. Narrowing in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Definitely revamp your online dating profile and do that if you haven't done that already. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good tip. Yes. Okay. So the last thing I want to, I guess I have a f- like two more things I want to chat through with you. And, and first is like, what type of language should people be careful of when calling in a partner? Like what types of things should they, you know, like I hear a lot of people who are in the dating world that say there's just no good guys out there or I am mm. awkward. So how do we like, or like I am bad at first dates. Like how do we start to shift that language and that conversation so that we're really putting the right type of energy out there and matching the vibration <sighs> of what we want to call it? What types of things should we watch out for? What types of language should we start making sure we're using? Yes. Oh my gosh. This was such a big thing for me. And this was also one of those conscious things. Um, well, first, you don't want to be calling out everything you don't want, because if you're constantly like, I don't want somebody who's shut down. I don't want somebody who's not spiritual. I don't want somebody who's unhealthy. Well, then guess what you're going to call in? You're going to call in somebody who's unhealthy, who's not spiritual, and like, just start saying what you do want, what you do want to call in, and stop focusing all those on all those negative things. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, and watch those beliefs. Like if you say like, oh, there's no good guys out there, guys are assholes, or my big one was nobody's going to love me as a single mom. Like no guy's going to want to date a single mom. Well, guess what? There are so many men out there, so many amazing. My dad is proof. Like my dad adopted me and I, he literally loves, he loves me just like mm-hmm. I'm his own. Like, like how did I get so blind to that? So I think some of these things are, if you are saying these things, if you are saying there's no good men out there, where did that belief come from? Like dig down and figure out what's that, what, where did that come from? And are there people that you can see, like go follow a bunch of guys on Instagram who absolutely love their wives and love their spouses and go to show you that, yes, there are good men out there and start Mm -hmm. thinking like that. Like, oh my God, I hate first dates. I'm so awkward change that like how can you empower that like oh my gosh I love being my goofy quirky self and I can't wait to find somebody who's going to accept me for that Mm -hmm. that I can be goofy like this with all the time yes or you know like and recognize that and change it switch that behavior if you catch yourself saying something negative how can I reframe that into something positive Mm -hmm. and if you have other people like I'd have people all the time just be like oh Karina it's a second date you know, dates go to die on the second date. Like you're not good at this. You can never make it past the second date. It's like, no, I can make it past the second date. It's that I know that I'm worthy of more than what this guy brought in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And reframing yeah. that just on the spot and shutting down other people when they say negative things, like stop letting negative people put negative thoughts into your brain. Like you can reframe that. They don't control you. Yes. Also finding sisters who call you out when you're in a... Yes. Thank you, Shelby. Place, right? <laughs> like, for being my girl. <laughs> I, like, we need, like, we need people in our lives that are going to be like, a hell no, you did not just say that, or whatever it may be, because sometimes these con these subconscious thoughts are so deeply ingrained that we don't even realize that they're a limiting belief or a subconscious belief. We believe them to be true, right? Because we've told them we've told ourselves this for so long that all of a sudden we're just like, it's truth. When you have an outsider who's like, well, that's a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. and who can call you out on it and who's doing the work, who can see when you're, you're in a loop like this, like how powerful is that? So surround yourself with some <sighs> badass bitches. Yes. Oh my like gosh. I would not have had the breakthroughs some of my breakthroughs, if it weren't be for hashing this out with you or another sister who's like on the same journey as me who can recognize it. And then we, I don't take offense to it. It's like, thank you. Thank you for pointing this out. Yes. You know, and that's why we hire coaches. That's why we do these things. So we can (laughs) transform our lives and like 
because we're in it. We can't necessarily see it. I don't know what limiting beliefs I'm saying all the time. I don't know that I'm attracting these men who are emotionally unavailable because I'm so clung to my independence that I push them out. Like that was a call with you that came to that. Like Mm. it, you need people, you need people. Yeah. So hire you don't have to do it on your own. (laughs) Hire some damn coaches. Like I don't care who like finds literally best investments ever. Like my coaches have been the best investments of my life. So, and I will continue to invest, but when I'm reinvesting and I'm going to throw up, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Like invest to the point that you want to throw up. That's what, okay. Here, here's the thought I had today. (laughs) I'm going to throw this out here is that if you aren't doing things that like kind of make you want to throw up on some level or kind of make you like scared shitless on some level, how the hell do you expect to get holy shit results from the universe? Mm -hmm. Right? Like you're in, you're going to continue this like half-ass play it small. You're going to get half-ass played small stuff back from the universe. Like when you make that big leap and you're like, holy fuck, I just spent 10 grand on my coach. I'm going to puke. Like that was (laughs) like, (laughs) yep, (laughs) legit (laughs) me. That happened. That happened. (laughs) And you know what? It's the best investment of my life. Like every time it's like, it's bringing you to that next level. And so I just challenge you when you're in that I don't know where I'm going with this. Now I'm just excited and nervous and giddy and, and re- reliving those feelings. <laughs> but like, do something that makes you feel holy shit. And like, yes, okay, that was a really big holy shit. So maybe you start small and your first holy shit is like telling your best friend, you know, who's going to call you out on your shit, what's actually going on or mm-hmm. reaching out to that girl on Instagram who you feel like you would really connect well with and be your soul sister and like starting a conversation so you can create more of those people in your life to call out your bullshit or whatever it is, right? Like starting to cultivate more holy shit in your life. Yeah. And get holy shit results and get to the next level in your life and overcome all of this junk that happens. And Mm -hmm. one thing that really got me in overcoming fear is literally out loud asking myself, are you in literal danger right now. Are you in literal danger? Like you are so scared. It's triggering this flight or fight in you, right? Like out loud, am I in danger? No, there's literally no danger if I do the thing. Mm-hmm. So do it and step do into it. Do the and then thing. if you need to throw up, throw up. It's okay. <laughs> Get a bag first, maybe run to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> in room. I don't know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> The question I ask everyone when they come on the show is yeah. what does raising your vibration mean to you and how do you cultivate like a higher vibration in your life? Who I think for me, it's really stepping into my truth and owning who the heck I am mm. and being unapologetically me, mm. like being me and being happy and seeing like the good and positive, like that is truly raising my vibration and showing up as me and people who are like, oh my God, you are awesome. Like, I love being in your energy. You make me feel good. You have, you've done so much for me and you don't even know it because I'm owning me and I'm owning my story and I'm owning who I am as a person. And it gives other people the permission to do so. Like that has been truly raising my vibration. I love that. And when you're in who you are, like there's nothing holding you down, right? You're not clinging on to these stories that aren't yours that are like lowering your vibration. I love that so much. And I think that's like when we get to the truth of our soul is when we're at the highest vibration. Ooh, mm. beautiful. Okay. So tell us what are you working on right now? What are you excited about? How can people get in contact with you? Like what's going on in Karina's coaching world right now? exciting well I've kind of got a lot going on I am launching a group intensive right now so I'm accepting five women into this intensive Um, and it's really to help them like uncover some of those limiting beliefs and those blocks around love and to dig into those things Um, and so I'm super excited about that Um, so if you're interested definitely you know let me know I have um, you can find me on Instagram at Karina underscore Sawada um so, you know, all the love, all the love on Instagram. I love you guys. Um, also, my Facebook group, Self-Worth Reclaimed, um, kind of plugging in there different tips and tricks and 
it's kind of all the whole toxic relationship and dating tips and love. Um, so I'm super excited about that. Um, and I also have a couple one-on-one spots open as well. So all of the love everywhere. Awesome. Just, oh, feels so amazing. One. Well, I, I literally love talking to you. So this was so fun. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> we could talk for hours. I know. We literally, you'll probably uh, be back on the show at some point. We'll have another conversation. <gasps> Ooh, once we're both in our really conscious relationships, then we can talk about what it's like to be in <gasps> relationship. Yes. yes. And oh my gosh, I deleted my dating apps too. So I'm going to try to do this whole mm. in person, like, owning my <laughs> I just haven't re-downloaded them. I just got a relationship, so I'm trying to, trying to slow my roll. Oh, yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing them anymore. Like I decided to shut them off. Like I'm gonna yeah. try to meet people in person and just own this vibe. So Hell I'll yes. let you in on a little market research as it comes on. We'll see how it goes. Hell yes. Okay, cool. Um, thank you again for being here, and we will link everything in the show notes for you listeners. And for sure, go follow Karina because she's. She's my goofy, goofy, loving friend. (laughs) I love you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I feel so honored and blessed. Of course.